Blog Talk Radio. by the way. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. I was doing research on you, and I didn't realize you were a southern girl from Mississippi. Where did your accent go? Here's the funny thing. I actually grew up in Miami, and at the age of 12, then moved to Mississippi. And you would think that I would be able to avoid having a southern accent, but no, I embraced it completely and had a full-on southern drawl for a few years. And then I think when I realized that moving to New York, um, something in me wanted to just turn it off, and and that day somehow I was able to do it, and I no longer have a southern accent at all. Wow, is it that easy? I can't get rid of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Never do. It's charming. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. So, how did you get your start as a plus size model? Um, I think that it was actually me being discovered at fourteen, and. Mm-hmm then being aware of modeling in general, and then that whole experience led me, you know, on a path where I suffered, you know, with anorexia and kind of losing my identity, trying to fit a mold that I thought I had to basically to be successful. And it was only at my moment, I think, of, you know, hitting the lowest point and, you know, in desperation 
you know, my agent at the time made me aware of plus size modeling. She says, well, you know, you can do two things. You know, you can, you can continue to basically starve and stay the size that you are and, and do commercial things, or you can try something different. And um, she made me aware of plus size modeling and I was intrigued and, and confused as why I didn't know this, um, you know, a long time ago. And I would have absolutely done plus size modeling from the beginning um, but, you know, I didn't know about it. And so in right. that, that day, I basically chose to recover, to gain my identity back, to become, I guess, who I was meant to be, you know, at that time. And I, and I made the decision to, you know, make my new goal to be a plus-size model. And I think that, you know, at the time, I, I didn't maybe know that that day, but I think when my change started to happen, you know, this evolution, this, this, this change with my body and my mind, I realized that I had learned so much that I absolutely must share with the world what I had learned. Mm. You know, first of all, I didn't know about plus size modeling, you know, and I thought, well, if I don't know, and, you know, and I, I prided myself on pouring over, you know, fashion magazines, anything having to do with fashion, you would think I would know about it, but I didn't. You know, I was, my first goal was to make it known to models that they have a choice, um, that they don't have to fit you know, a 34-inch hip standard that they can actually, um, you know, open up their eyes to maybe something different, a different type of beauty. And uh, that was my first goal once realizing that this was there. I think second was when I realized how good I felt not to be, you know, pressured and pigeonholed into this box uh, that I had to fit at the time. I think that, you know, the relief was there. And I was able to truly shine. You know, I was able to be myself. And so, therefore, I also wanted to share to others, including women, you know, from all over the country, hopefully all over the world, you know, that they don't have to look at themselves and pigeonhole themselves and put themselves in boxes, that beauty can come in many different shapes, you know, many different colors, backgrounds, you know, whatever. I mean, in many different ways, beauty is possible. And um, I wanted to share that knowledge with other people uh, because I had learned that truly myself. Now, what was your big break as a plus-size model that catapulted your career? It's funny because, um, you know, since I've become, you know, a model, I find that there's always been, you know, changes and wonderful things. And it depends on, you know, what you mean. You know, you know, being on the Oprah Winfrey show, you know, I remember just being in awe of, of listening to this woman and, and just being able to stand in her presence. I thought that was a fantastic moment to be able to tell my story for her. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, yeah, of course there's moments like this, but I think the moment that probably changed my life completely was the moment that I met Stephen Mizell. Um, you know, when I was 14 years old, you know, I knew nothing of photographers. I didn't know about fashion magazines. I didn't even know about models because I thought probably they were created on a computer. You know, it had never occurred to me that these were actual people. But when I, when I did learn um, about fashion, the first photographer that I ever knew was Stephen Mizell. So the irony is, is that I, you know, I spent many years, you know, starving myself, you know, trying to conform to be a model. And it was only when I embraced myself um, and, and got healthy that that's when he actually ended up hiring me for American Vogue. And then shortly thereafter, I worked with him for Italian Vogue and Dolce & Gabbana and many other projects. And I have to say that that moment probably changed my life um, inside and out because I think that, I finally got it. 
You know, mm-hmm. I finally looked at fashion and, and I got it. It wasn't just something so far away, a fantasy that I couldn't touch. You know, I was actually on his set. You know, the lights were on me. And, you know, here's this legend, you know, taking my picture. And I just was like, okay, this is a turning point for me as a person. I get and it when now. You, when you embrace yourself, that shows on camera. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, just to give you an example, when I had anorexia, uh, and I say anorexia meaning not only just, you know, I didn't eat and, and, and so many things. You know, I was a very uncomfortable teenager. You know, I found that, you know, I, I would walk around down the street with kind of this burning humiliation, like, on my face. You know, whether I came off like that or not, I think it's beside the point. I think that that's what I felt. You know, I was... I was a girl who was always seeking and always asking questions and definitely confused by, like, the world, you know, around me. Um, So I think that, you know, during my anorexia, I think that that was just a manifestation of how I was really feeling as well. That should be noted. Um, So I think that when I recovered and I was given the opportunity, you know, considering I'd been at the lowest point possible with myself, you know, dark places, you know, there's only – you can only really go up or really die at that point – and I was just like, I'm going to make it my mission to, for one, know myself, and then to just be really okay with that. And, you know, just because I'm a, you know, a bigger girl in the fashion industry, that's not going to hold me back. You know, right. I still have dreams. I still had, you know, all the dreams that I had before. I'm just going to do it my way, and I'm not going to lie anymore, especially to myself. And um, by getting healthy, you know, mentally and physically, I was able to perform, you know, finally perform. And and create the images that I wanted to create because, for one, I had the energy to do so. Uh, I was, you know, clear of mind because I could actually think properly having, you know, had a meal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were, there were a few things that I think that were, there were drastic in my mentality towards myself and the world around me. And um, I think that, you know, learning to kind of be around people you know, I was forced, to, you know, in a way, at 16, to be around large groups of people, which that probably wasn't natural for me at the time. Um, I probably shy away from that. So I think that, you know, kind of having that social interaction at a young age prepared me also to be very, very open, you know, which is where I am today. You know, I meet many different types of people. You know, they inspire me. Maybe they have different views. They come from different places, but they ultimately inspire me. And I think that being open, being comfortable with who you are, that's going to bring you success. And mm-hmm. I think that, that I have found that to be completely true, absolutely the most important thing true. Now, you've been noted as saying Glamour Magazine has a place close to your heart. Tell us why. Oh, Glamour Magazine. I mean, for so many reasons. Um, one of them, I will say, that many people may not know, when I was 16 years old, um, at the very end, I, was, I, was, I think I may have just turned 17. Um, but anyway, basically, I was struggling with my weight. Um, I remember going on the shoot in the Bahamas, and I was painfully insecure. I, rem- I remember doing everything that I could for them not to see my body. I think I was going to the bathroom, you know, taking diuretics and just hoping that the inches would come off, you know, before the next shot. And... Um, I remember that they they noted my behavior. They said that there was something strange. And one of the editors called my agent and actually voiced concern over my health. She said, something is wrong with this girl. Something is going on. And 
I may not know exactly what it is, but it's definitely troubling, and I think that something should be done. And, um, you know, no other magazine had ever done that before. No one had ever called and and voiced concern for me. Usually nobody cares. Right. I think that, you know, I don't know if it's that they don't care, but it's, you know, when people take that it's not my business, so therefore I'm going to look away. You know, I think that most people, you know, I find that there's a lot of caring people in my industry, but, you know, often – in my industry or out of this industry, people take, it's not my business. But this particular editor and also Glamour as a whole, you know, they're very concerned. You know, for the girls that work for them, they want to make sure that these are, these are healthy, beautiful women um, inspiring their readers. You know, they don't want to have sick girls, girls who are unhappy. They, you know, they, they really sell an image that is true. And um, their editor-in-chief, Cindy, I mean, has become one of my, you know, very close friends in the industry and she has made pledges to, you know, include more plus-size women in her magazine. And, and plus-size meaning, you know, anything above what was normal before, which was like a 34-inch hip. You know, we're talking all different body sizes. She, she really believes, and I've had many conversations with her about this, that mm-hmm. beauty comes in, in, in many different ways. And that's very close to my heart and everything that I, you know, speak for, stand for, everything. So... Um, I think it's only natural that um, we've had such a close relationship and me with the magazine as well. So how do you think the plus industry has evolved over the last 10 years? Well, I have to say uh, the interesting thing is when I started, it tended to be a lot of older girls, um, Mm -hmm. you know, late 20s, 30s. And um, I have to say that there are a lot of new faces. You know, we're seeing girls who are, 16, 17, 18, um, which is really, really fantastic because I think that, you know, in the past maybe there was some sort of message not being sent, like, so clearly maybe, but I think that they were saying in a way that, you know, plus size is for older women, and I I don't agree with that. And I think that, you know, it's, you know, many people share this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's only natural that we have, you know, younger models. Also, um, you know, there was no editorial for plus-size models eight years ago. I mean, it was unheard of. You know, when I came into this agency and, you know, I met Gary and I said to him, okay, so, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get healthy, but we're not changing the goal. We're going to do editorial. And, you know, he never had a girl say anything like that. And um, he took me very seriously. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to me. And I knew that he knew that this industry – had the potential to evolve and to change bigger than anyone at the time probably even thought. And I still believe that. I believe that today. I believe that sitting here now, I think that we've only scratched the surface of the potential this industry has. And um, I think that, you know, even just in the past couple of years, I mean, many girls are doing V Magazine, Glamour, Vogue. All, All the possibilities are there. And I think that I just personally want to, you know, see it continue. Now, you've recently been named the face of Jimmy Choo, which is a major accomplishment. Tell (laughs) us how that came about. Well, the casting director, Raul, he works for A&M, he he owns Aaron Media. Um, But basically, we'd had a relationship for many years. Uh, We'd worked together. And I suppose, you know, I knew Inez and Venude from other shoots, and somehow it just kind of it just worked out. And next thing you know, you have an option and you book it and you show up. And it was a fantastic experience. 
um, Tamara is incredible. And I, I think that probably one of my favorite jobs had to have been um, the Jimmy Choo campaign. I knew when I was doing it how iconic this moment was, you know, in my life. And it, it still is. You know, when I look at the ads, I mean, I'm so pleased. I feel like it was a true collaboration. And when I go to work, that's the most important thing to me. You know, I don't want to just be the model. You know, I want to talk with the makeup artists. I want to talk with the hair. I want to talk with the photographers and, you know, the creative directors. We are a team. And that's imperative for me to be able to do my job, I think, to the, you know, the highest degree that I can. And um, we definitely had that that day. So at your level um, in your career, do you still go on go thieves or is everything direct bookings? Well, I think that, um, you know, the way that I like to work is where I'm always, you know, evolving. I'm doing new things, you know, every year. I'm seeing new clients. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, no matter who you are, you're always going and seeing new people. There's always new clients. There's always, you know, someone who's looking for a new fresh face and maybe it's brunettes and they want to they try something new and maybe they have never seen you before. So, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, occasionally I will go in for castings when people haven't met me before. Um, but most of my stuff at this point is uh, direct bookings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, your career is so mainstream right now. Do you still keep up with what's going on in the plus modeling industry? Oh, absolutely. Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, I know that people often separate the two. And even though I do, and I think that maybe I've done that for the public more so than for myself, you know, I don't ever really think of, like, the plus-size community separate from the other community, you know, like, whatever you may call it. You know, I just, and I'll give an example. For instance, as a model, I know that I say plus-size modeling. I did that to bring awareness, you know, to what plus-size is. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, in my mind, I'm a, you know, I'm a model, you know, what straight size pl- is it's not it's not important. I think that that's the most important thing. So, when it comes to the plus size community, I suppose if we're going to say it like that, yes, you know, I I want to design a plus size line. Um, that's one dream that I have. That is a, a new goal. I have to say that I'm going to work very hard towards attaining. Um, I think in other areas, all my friends are still you know considered you know plus size models. And, you know, I'm very close to them. And because of my size currently, you know, I straddle this line, you know, mm-hmm. between two worlds. I guess you could say I'm a plus-size, straight-size model, um, which no one, I guess, has ever seen before because, you know, I'm four inches smaller than the average plus-size model and four mm-hmm. inches bigger than the average straight-size model. So here I am. So, yes, I'm very much involved with this community because I am still, like, with one leg in it. You know, with plus-size modeling, it's, you know, the sizes start at an 8, and they go all the way up to a 20. That's the size of these models. And that enrages many, many people. They they say when they see a size 10 girl, that's plus-size. But they have to realize that plus-size model does not necessarily mean plus-size woman. Right. And I think that, you know, some people get very angry with that. However, if they look at it maybe in a different way and think, okay, well, maybe bridging the gap would be a very good thing for plus size in general. I think that we need to have all sizes. You know, this isn't an us against them, them against us, you know, fight. 
It's about bringing everybody together and bringing acceptance. And I think that that's been my message more than anything over, you know, this entire period of me being, uh, you know, speaking about this. This has been the message, not we should all be, you know, my size or, or this size or any size. Just be yourself, really. And um, I like this, what, what I like about plus size modeling, um, or at least, you know, what Gary's board is, you know, if you're not a 34-inch hip, basically you're going to go to his board and you're going to recover and you're going to do your thing and you're going to be yourself. And I like the freedom of being, if I want to be an eight, I am an eight. Like if I want to go to the gym, you know, or how, whatever I choose to do, you know, to be, to be me, you know, or if I get pregnant and maybe I'm a size 14, you know, or I just want to eat, you know, an extra piece of pie. I don't want to care. And that's, um, that's the freedom that I have. I don't have to worry 34-inch hip, and if I'm not, people won't hire me. And I've been so able to create that. you brought attention to the industry on the, a global level, on the plus modeling industry on a global level. How do you feel about being the face of the plus model industry? Oh, I have to say that that's been something I've been very proud to do. Um, to bring awareness to something different, I have to say, it's been extremely fulfilling for me. You know, yes, I go and do these fantastic editorials. I'm lucky. I get to travel. I get to do great things. But the thing that has actually the most happiness has been able to speak for people that maybe weren't able to speak for themselves, I think, you know, in a way. You know, in the past, fashion was always communicating with these, you know, really thin bodies, blonde and, you know, this one type of beauty. And then to be able to kind of stand up and stand for something different, um, you know, it empowered me to know my own strengths. I know that when I think something, when I want something done, when I believe something, one person really can make a difference. And I learned that through my own experience, um, you know, in this industry and also kind of having so many people look up to me. You know, it was definitely a surprise to me when that happened. But, um, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for that. And, um, you know, no matter what I think people think about my size, because the most important thing is health, you know, no matter what size you are, and I think you can be healthy at many, many different sizes, I think that that message is strong, that it's about, it's about being an individual. And to kind of be given um, the opportunity to speak my truth has meant more to me than anything I've ever done. So let's talk about one of the editorials you did that was in French Vogue, shot by Terry Richardson, and what appears to be photos of you binge eating. And it shocked a lot of people because that's a stereotype plus-size women try to break um, that we all overeat. So what was the concept of the photo shoot? Do you think the public misunderstood and just made a, a big deal out of it? Yes, they definitely Absolutely, 100% misunderstood. Um, there was a movie um, that was the reference for the shoot that I learned about that day. And with Kareen, you have to open and you have to be ready for anything because it's always something new and dynamic from you. So um, upon hearing this reference, which was of the movie of Gluttony, yes, of Gluttony, and this woman and these men um, went away on a, a getaway. And they all had this gluttonous weekend. And the three men 
like died from this. They died. And she, however, was left standing. And I thought there was something very powerful about that. I know that people will misunderstand that considering the past and what I stand for, but that's not something that I was even considering at the time because of the character. You know, I just recently did a, um, a plastic surgery story with them. And a lot of people were saying, you know, is, did Crystal Wren actually get plastic surgery? And I'm, I'm reading these comments, and I'm like, no, I didn't get it. It's a, it's a character. <laughs> so you yeah. actually go on the blogs and read the comments? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to know kind of where, you know, the people are coming from. If I'm going to speak for the people, I have to know what they're saying. You know, is it painful? Oh, God, please, yes. It is, it is extremely painful. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, you know, but when it comes to this story, I think that it, it was a character. And this character I, I look very much like. And I don't – Kareen is completely a supporter of different, you know, body types. She was one of the first people that hired me. You know, and I was a size 14, and and she has nothing against anything like that. If anything, she probably sees beauty in a higher range of diversity than probably most people that I've ever met. And um, I was proud to do that story. Terry is is fantastic. It was a great it was a great story. So um, my next question was going to be: Do you consider yourself a plus size model? But you kind of already addressed that. So. You're basically saying you're still on the plus board at Ford, correct? Yes, I'm, I'm on the plus size board and I'm on the straight size board. Which, to be honest with you, I've always I've always been that anyway. Um, so there wasn't really a need, you know, to change anything. Uh, I think the only thing that has changed is how my, you know, for instance, my body for one, um, which I would like to explain a little bit um, later. But I think that what I would would like to stress. You know, even though we have these titles, I, I I really don't like that we have these titles. It's almost in a way I've made people aware. Yes, there's plus size modeling. Please don't hate me. You know, I didn't make I didn't make the rules. I'm breaking them. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I didn't I didn't say that plus size models should be size eight. That's just how it is. And you know, I think that if we have these titles like plus size and straight size. I think that we're we're absolutely starting a fight. You know, we're we're keeping up that hate. You know, as fat to one person, it's completely relative. You know, I, it's funny because when I was a size 14, people would often write in and say, "Oh, but she's so thin. She's just such a thin model." And then on the other hand, there were people saying how how fat I was, and right. you, you just get this fight. And you know. Being, you know, the size that I am now, I still have that. People are all saying how thin. I've even heard people say I'm emaciated, and I find I find that very offensive. By the way, I find that highly offensive, more so than I ever felt when someone would call me fat. I almost would smile to myself, but emaciated, I am not. And mm-hmm. um, I think that 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 starts like a fight, and I and I don't like that. So I think that it has been my goal to make people aware of these terms so then we know what we are ultimately fighting. You know, do we women, do we really need titles? Do we need to say I'm a plus-size woman or I'm a straight-size woman or a model? You know, we're all models. You know, if you're size 16, who cares? Like, we're models. And that's been very important um, for me. And I think that I think that that's something I want to think about, you know, a lot more because I think that that's where the anger from the public comes from. You know, mm-hmm. you see – when you say, well, Crystal Wren is a plus-size model, well, they already, yeah, in their like, mind. She's not big. She's not big. 
Right. Well, they create a picture in their head or maybe someone's idea of plus size is only 18, size 18 and above, or someone else's is size 8, like in the industry. You know, who knows exactly what this is? It is different for everybody. So right there, that title has now given me like a box. It has given me something that, you know, a restraint that I can't break through in their mind. You know, and what I would prefer is just to live me. You know, the important thing is no matter what size you are, do you need to say anything in front of woman? No, you're a woman. Love it? Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as a straight size model, you don't like titles, but I just want to make a <laughs> distinction. As a straight size model, you struggled to maintain uh, your weight and you formed the eating disorder. And do you think at the level of your success is just as hard being a plus size model with your size always under scrutiny? Oh, I found being a straight size model way more impossible. And I think that that's, I mean, sure, I feel pressure from the public, you know, and especially at times, I, you know, to conform or be, you know, whatever, because I want to have a powerful message for them. So, yeah, there's that. But but when you're fighting with yourself, I mean, the, the standards that I set for myself and for everybody around me, I mean, I was 95 pounds walking down the street judging every single person who walked by me as Easy. Maybe they were fat. Maybe they were disgusting. Whatever I was doing because I hated myself, ultimately. I thought, you know, oh, my gosh, I, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be this or that. You know, so I was judging them, you know, with the standards that I had set for myself. And that's no way to live. Nobody can live to those standards, including myself. And I found that, you know, yes, I felt the pressure in the industry because I, again, there's a title. You know, it's that title. I'm a straight size model, therefore I'm supposed to have a 34-inch hip. I would walk in when I had gained weight because um, my body had rebelled against me, which is, you know, I, I write about in my book. Um, but basically I would walk in, and I, maybe if I was a 35-inch hip, I was uh, immediately too fat. You know, if my, if my hips were a 36, definitely too big. And, you know, eventually the calls stopped coming in. You know, that's what happens when you have a title. And so, um, yes, I struggled way more as a straight size model, as unhappy as I was, nearly killed myself, um, completely not worth it. But what, what it was good for was it taught me a lot. It taught me, um, you know, having been so low and hating myself so intensely, I have to say I can truly recognize probably now what love really is of self and for the people around me because um, I've experienced the opposite um, you know, to such a high degree. So I think that, yeah, uh, the pressure there is definitely from before. Um, having said that, uh, I think that no matter, you know, who you are, women, you know, whether you're in high school, junior high, even, I think that we all set these standards for ourselves, you know, ourselves. I think that we um, feel that we have to live up to something. You know, I'm going to lose weight to be like that actress, or I'm going to do this and do that, and then I'll finally have that boyfriend, and then finally I will have that job raise and and all of these things. But um, what I have found is that living your life first uh, is actually way more important. Live your life. Don't focus about the weight and what others are saying about you or, or these standards that are just impossible. Live your life and love who you are because um, then you, you can actually know what you're showing to the world. So what would you say 
to women listening that are a size 20, 22, 24 and feel excluded from the industry? Well, I think that your time is coming. I mean, here's the thing, you know, we were just at size zeros being considered, you know, the norm. And over the past few years, I have absolutely seen us evolve away from that. So I'm so grateful for that. It's not that we can't have size zeros. It's just that, you know, I've been seeing twos, fours, sixes, and eights, and, and, and the plus size, you know, tens, twelves, fourteens, sixteens. Ashley Graham, perfect example, top plus size superstar, you know, fourteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, once we do this bridging the gap thing, you know, when it's not so a size zero or a size 20, I think that it will naturally happen that we're going to see, you know, even bigger sizes, uh, size 20s, 22s, 24s. There's no reason why, you know, we shouldn't see that at all. Um, I, you know, for instance, Beth Ditto, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I love her. Um, for one, I think she's gorgeous. I'm so jealous of all of her haircuts. Um, and I, I, she's a perfect example of absolutely amazing talent, beautiful, fantastic, charismatic, everything you would want. And um, I, I think that she's a great example. And you will see more of that happening. And she and she ended the Jean-Paul Gaultier show. That's mm. just um, one of the um, a bit of change over the past few years. So what do you say? You, you just mentioned how you read the blog sometimes. What do you think about the people that are unhappy with the plus industry and they're directing their energy towards you? Do you think they're directing their energy in the wrong place by criticizing your size when it should be um, the industry because the industry standards are out of your control? You know, it's, I, I feel torn on this because I ask myself this um, a lot. I think that, you know, by criticizing me, that, that continues hate. You know, when I was walking down the street and, I, and I, I didn't like myself and I was angry, you know, at myself, truly, I would judge others. And in a way, that could be very much the same thing. You know, I feel that, you know, these women want to see something different. They're desperate for it. They're, like, screaming for it. Whether you're a size 8, you know, or a size 18, I think that women are, are you know, really want to see something new. So I think that probably they felt in a way betrayed by me because my body, you know, lost weight, um, you know, from a size 14. And they maybe felt that they they had this person that they could hold on to. You know, here's this hope. But what what they failed to realize is that it's not about, you know, that person not changing. And I, it's, I can't not change. You know, for instance, it's about being healthy. And I think that women are probably very angry because they've placed a title on my head. You know, they've, they've set expectations for me from afar. I don't even see you out there in America, and yet you have set expectations for me that I couldn't possibly as a human being with blood and veins. You know, I can't. I'm a human being at the end of the day. And um, I think people have to remember that. And... Um, that I, you know, I think that that's the most important thing. And, yeah, we shouldn't continue to hate. You know, instead, what I would like to see is, I think, for instance, like when Glamour did the cover or if Glamour has, um, you know, if uses a plus model, then you should write in and say how fantastic it is. Mm-hmm. Say how wonderful 
that you see diversity. You know, it's, it's definitely about being more positive. I think we need to stop this hate cycle and make things um, more about being positive. And I've definitely taken, um, I think, that route in, in my way of speaking as well. You know, when I speak about this issue, I don't hate the industry. I love the industry. I love fashion. I love everything that it is. I just think that, you know, there's certain areas where we can improve, that we can make it even better, a stronger impact. So, therefore, I speak about the positive changes. You know, I don't have to constantly drag it down with all the negatives. You know, I just don't think that helps anybody. And I think that other people should maybe take that stance as well. Now, out of all of your accomplishments, what are you most proud of? Well, again, I have to say, um, you know, being on Oprah was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and everybody I have to loves say, Oprah. <laughs> I mean, I love Oprah. I really yes. do. I think she's um, really something. Um, and I have to say, you know, again, Stephen Mizell, meeting Kareen Rotfeld, Tom Ford, wow, that was that was special, and meeting Carl Lagerfeld. You know, all these things, they, they meant a lot to me. But I have to say, writing my book, you know, having a book about my life and giving me a voice, um, that absolutely probably meant the most because I think that, Here's this message that I believe. I believe this, and I really believe that we have the chance to change minds, and those minds and those people can change other people, and that this can spread. And so, by making what I what I say concrete, and by telling my story, I felt that um, I don't know. I just felt that it was a stronger message than you know having it in a magazine or doing. You know, maybe even an interview, as strong as that is, a book, I could cement what I was saying and what meant so much to my soul and also purge myself of years of, you know, heartache, torment, whatever, you know, my story, which, you know, wasn't always beautiful, wasn't always perfect, it wasn't, um, you know, I, it was sometimes very difficult, uh, but it felt very good to be able to just be honest and say where I was coming from at the time that, you know, we wrote it. So let's talk a little more about your book. It's entitled Hungry. Now, did you talk about some of the the, the plus-size industry things that we've discussed in the book, or is it more about eating disorder? Oh, both. Many many of the things that we have just discussed is absolutely in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that that I, I wanted to really tell is, is my experience, you know, having had an eating disorder. I wanted to make people really understand, you know, the torture, you know, the mental torture that, that goes on when you have an eating disorder. Um, I wanted them to feel it. You know, when I was, you know, in the middle of writing this book, I really have to say, God, the place that you go in your mind, I mean, it's really intense. I worked with uh, this wonderful writer, Marjorie Engel, and we would just talk for hours. And we would remember, I would remember, uh, we went together to Clinton, Mississippi, and we went to my high school. That, that, that moment, oh, God, it was, uh, it was heart-wrenching to kind of relive it. But having done that, I, I have to say that I'm much stronger having relived that whole experience and know that I'm strong to be able to do so. So, yes, I talk about that. I, um, I talk a lot about, you know, information on eating disorders, um, basically anything that you would really want to know, and a lot about the industry and how it's evolving. And um, so, yeah, I have to say it was a truly, it was a big change, probably a big change in my life after having gone through that whole experience. Mm-hmm. 
And if anybody's interested in purchasing that book, is it just available at bookstores everywhere? Yeah, absolutely. You can go on Amazon. You could go to Barnes & Noble, wherever you choose, any of the bookstores. Yes, they will have it. Now, next month on February 19th in Malibu, you are the special guest of the fourth annual IAEDP Southern California Evening of Jazz Under the Stars to celebrate Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Now, tell us more about this event and what you'll be doing. Well, basically, I'm, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm going to tell my story. I'm glad that they have a week dedicated, you know, to bringing awareness to this because I think that, you know, too many young girls and, and more, it's growing more, uh, sadly, that people are suffering with eating disorders, you know, anorexia, bulimia, and, um, you know, many other things, disordered eating in general. And I think that anything that honors, you know, for one, the people who have passed from this and also people who are in recovery, you know, people who are getting better, that there is hope. You know, that you can, you can get better. You don't have to live in this this constant hell, this mental hell of an eating disorder. That whether it's an eating disorder or it's some other obsessive way of going um, about life in your head, I think that, you know, you can break these mental patterns. And um, I think that I'm going to talk a lot about that. You know, how do you actually, you know, overcome something like this? And to spread hope that you can get better. I got better. You can get better. And uh, it's going to take a lot of effort. It's not going to be easy. You know, nothing, nothing I think that's truly worthwhile is ever really just so easy. And, um, but I really want to give hope that, that there can be a recovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the most important thing for me to basically communicate when I'm there. And if anyone is interested in purchasing tickets to that event, the website is IAEDPSoCal.com. Now, besides this event, are you involved in any other charitable organizations? Yes, I am. I'm involved with Fuel Relief Fund. Um, Basically, whenever there's a disaster, this is a charity that will donate fuel to the people who really need it. For instance, when you need, you know, water, food, you need fuel to ultimately uh, to basically get the trucks to get the food to the people. Um, for the generators, when they've lost light, uh, you know, in Haiti, there was a lot of things that, you know, that, that were missing. And I think one of them was fuel until basically this charity comes and brings it, and it, I mean, it changes the lives of people. So this is, this is a, a charity that I believe a lot in, and I think that it's something often forgotten, um, but it is just as important as, you know, water and food and shelter. Well, that's awesome. Um, Thank you. So you're involved in a lot of uh, things to give back to the community. Yeah, and so, I think that, um, that that's something I want to continue to do. You know, I find I've been traveling a lot. I went to Patagonia. I've gone to Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, and I just got back um, from Cambodia. And I have to say the things that I've seen have truly changed my life. And I think that that's something I'd like to spread maybe to the public is, you know, always try to expand your horizons because you ultimately will change, and it can inspire compassion. Um, which is what I have found that has done for me. And I really, i blessed very much. You know, I've come from kind of a difficult uh, 
probably childhood in some ways. I mean, my grandmother was fantastic, but I think certain things, and I, and I, I would like to do that, and I think everybody should. So getting back to the plus industry, who are some of the plus-size models that you like right now and like what they're doing? Oh, well, well you know that I'm a fan of Ashley. Uh, she's fantastic. I mean, of course, she's my best friend, so um, I'm probably biased in that way. However, she is a fantastic model, and uh, I think she's making huge change in the industry, and she's got a personality that is truly special. She's one of my oldest friends. And uh, I would say that uh, Amy Lemon, she's a fantastic new model who's just over to the plus-size board. She kind of has a history like I do, in that she did straight-size modeling before. Uh, okay. She's an amazing talent. Uh, then there's a girl, a smaller girl. Um, she's kind of in the same position that I am. She's kind of straddling the line. Um, her name's Christy McQuaid, and she's, I mean, she's just got a really interesting face. And, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of new talent. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's so many different types of looks on our board, and, you know, it's really hard to say which one is your favorite because they're just all so beautiful. And we're finally getting girls from all over the world. So I have to say the interesting looks um, that these girls have, it's really special. So Ashley uh, Graham appeared on this show before, and she spoke very highly of you and said you gave <laughs> the best advice. Did you listen to Ashley when she was on the show? Oh, I didn't get a chance to, but uh, oh, I definitely Crystal. will. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Ashley Graham, oh, that girl has a fantastic personality. Um, you know, she... She says, I give good advice. That girl absolutely gives good advice. Um, I think that, that it, it's definitely mutual. We both we help each other out. She's a very good friend, um, and she inspires me. I, think that, I mean, she is just a beauty, and I don't know. I, just, I find her inspiring just as a person. She's really a special soul. And it's very hard to find good friends in the industry. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think that the most important thing um, is is knowing the type of people that you like, you know, being open to all different types of people. And I'm very lucky because it's me many, many different types of people uh, with some views that I couldn't, you couldn't even write down on paper. I mean, it's just so incredible. So it's like I think it's about being open, and, and I have been, and I've been very blessed to find people who – are wonderful for me. The people around me, I really surround myself with wonderful people. And my job actually gives me the opportunity to meet really different people. And that's one of my favorite things about my job. So do you have anything new coming up we could be on the lookout for? I know you have a new uh, magazine. Uh, Is it a magazine cover that just came out for February? Ooh, I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, oh, you're talking about Paper Planes. Okay. Is, oh, is you that, don't know. Um, okay. I don't yes. know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yes, Paper Planes. That, yes, I just did the cover for that, and um, I, that was a fantastic shoot. We shot that in Brooklyn, not too far from my house. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you have to just keep looking. I can't actually officially say what's coming out um, quite yet, but uh, definitely be looking for me. Um, there will be things coming out. And I guess we'll be on the lookout for your plus-size clothing line, too. Yes, which um, I definitely want to think a lot about this, you know, but I think it's really important to me because I remember 
you know, when I was a size 12, finding it very difficult to find clothes, especially pants and stuff that would actually fit, and having to kind of, um, you know, like I would go to Evans in London and go crazy. And then I would also go, you know, to Barney's and mix it with designer pieces that had some stretch. You know, I just, I feel that if I could bring something, you know, to plus size women to make them feel good and to feel that they don't, they don't, they don't feel bad that, that maybe they're not shopping at this designer store, or this designer store, I'll just bring it to them. Um, and I hope that that, um, will happen very soon, and I have a lot of thoughts put into that, but uh, that's definitely a goal of mine and something very important and something I'd like to do for women. So are you on social networking? Is that you on Twitter and Facebook, or is it Facebook? I'm sorry, I lost you there for a minute. What did you say? Are you on social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook? Yes, Facebook. Definitely check me out on Facebook. And what is your official website that we can keep up with everything that you're doing? Well, right now, I think the best place to find, you know, updates on me would be Facebook because they are putting together my website as we speak. So be looking, you know, for that in the future. However, Facebook it is for now. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You were totally awesome. You didn't back down from any of my questions, and I respect (laughs) you so much for that. And I think you are an awesome model, and I will see you next month um, in Malibu because I'm actually hosting that event, so I'll be there. Oh, wow, great. Oh, that's so good. Okay, great. Well, then um, I'll meet you there. Yes, and continue success on everything that you do. Thank you so much. All right, enjoy the rest of your evening. All right, you too. Bye. And Thank you to my fabulous guest this evening, Crystal Wren. Tune in next week, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show or being a guest, visit the website at www.plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting Plus Model Radio. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.